Welcome to another edition of Time Out Sports, the podcast. It's your host, C. Ruff, and it's so good to be back for another great episode. On today's episode, we will be talking about the Super Bowl. We will be talking about the halftime show. We're going to discuss a little bit of NBA from the latest news to the NBA All-Star break. And we're also going to be implementing a new segment on the on the podcast and it's going to be called rough rent rough rent so we're going to implement that new segment also in today's show and we're going to discuss as i said nba all-star weekend so let's go ahead and get started and we got to tip it off with the super bowl we know the super bowl took place on this past sunday Los Angeles Rams got a win by a score of 23 to 20. Really good game. I thought it was competitive from the jump. Uh, You know, normally in Super Bowls, you see teams kind of get their feet wet. It's like they're a little bit nervous. They're a little bit anxious. But I thought this game was pretty solid from the jump. Just some stats to run through. Uh, For the Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford had a really good game. Uh, outside of the two turnovers, and I thought one of the interceptions was not his fault by any means, uh, but he had 26 completions out of 40 attempts for 283 yards uh, with three touchdowns, like I said, and two interceptions. One interception in which I do not give him blame for. It was a tip pass right off the receiver's hands. He should have caught the ball, and he didn't. Uh, now, the Rams running game, I'm, I'm – they're very fortunate to have won this Super Bowl because their running game was absolutely non-existent. You had Cam Akers get 13 rushes for 21 yards. Now, we we know he suffered a major injury last July, and so it was remarkable that he was even playing uh, at this point. But I did not um, like what I saw from Akers in this, in this game. I thought that Sean McVay did not coach a good football game. Because when you see that Cam Akers is struggling and you have two other capable running backs in, on your roster in Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle, uh, Sonny Michelle bringing Super Bowl experience, I didn't understand why they kept running Cam Akers and he clearly was not getting anything. He had one rush that went for eight yards and the rest of his uh, 12 carries went for a total of 13 yards. That's unbelievable. So I didn't understand they continued to go to Cam Akers, but um, they managed to to get out of there with a win. Uh, When you talk about the Los Angeles Rams receivers, you had Cooper Cup do his customary eight receptions for 92 yards. Uh, He had two touchdowns. Odell Beckham Jr., two receptions for 52 yards, one touchdown. Uh, As you know, if you watch the game, Odell suffered a leg injury. Um, in the second quarter, uh, if he had not got hurt, I believe that he was on pace to have a hundred plus yard game, maybe two touchdowns. So uh, that was unfortunate. Uh, I hate to see Odell Beckham get hurt or anybody else for that matter. Um, hoping that he'll be able to bounce back and, um, you know, continue to prolong his career. Um. Kendall Blanton, who is the backup tight end, also got hurt in this game. He ended up re- registering zero catches, zero yards, 
Um, you know, the reason why he was supposed to be effective uh, was because of Tyler Higby's injury. But Blanton got hurt. Van Jefferson gave you four receptions for 23 yards. Not a whole lot of production. Uh, you normally would get about about 60 yards from Van Jefferson if he had four catches. You know, he's normally more of a deep shot player. So just averaging six, six yards per reception means that he was held in check. Now talk about the defense side, defensive side for the Rams. Uh, Darius Williams had a really good game. He was very productive, eight tackles. Uh, Ernest Jones had seven tackles. Taylor Rapp had seven tackles. Leonard Ford did what they expected him to do, five tackles, four solo, and one sack. Also one tackle for loss, so he was very effective. He was very uh, disruptive. Eric Weddle, who we know that was retired and ended up coming off the couch to play for the Rams. He gave you five catches, I mean, excuse me, five tackles, um, four solo tackles. And then the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Donald, gave you four tackles, three solo, two sacks, and two tackles for loss. And so the thing is with Aaron Donald, you know, teams are determined not to let them not to let him dominate the game. And so I, he was literally being double teamed the entire game. Uh, and you would even see two people kind of doubling him and the running back trying to chip him. And so, like I said, the Bengals were trying their best not to let Aaron Donald uh, disrupt the game. But in the end, he did what great players do and showed up and showed out. Also, Von Miller had two tackles, uh, two sacks two tackle for loss. So he had, you know, he made big plays in the game as well. Uh, Jalen Ramsey had four total tackles, three solo tackles, and uh, one pass deflection. Now let's transfer uh, to talking about the Bengals a little bit. Joe Burrow had 22 completions for 30, uh, 22 completions out of 33 attempts. 263 passing yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. But once again, the Bengals' offensive line was a problem as Joe Burrow was sacked seven times. Um, The Bengals' running game was better than the Rams, of course, but it was not, quote-unquote, great either. Uh, Joe Mason had 15 rushes for 72 yards, uh, 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, talking about this Bengals receivers, you had T. Higgins leading the team in yards with uh, four receptions and 100 yards, two touchdowns. So he had a very big game. Uh, Jamar Chase gave you five receptions for 89 yards. Tyler Boyd gave you five receptions for 48 yards. And then you had uh, Mike Thomas give you one catch for 17 yards. C.J. Uzama did play. Uh, after it was, you know, kind of up for grabs whether he would be able to play. But he did go out there and tough it out and uh, give the guys what he had. He had two receptions for 11 yards. So, you know, it wasn't really a, voc- a focal point of the offense. Uh, you know, as he's, you know, he probably was only at 60%. So, you know, if it wasn't a Super Bowl, he probably would not have been playing at all. 
Now let's talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Bengals defense. We had Logan Wilson give them nine tackles, uh, eight solo. He had three tackles for loss and one pass deflection. Jermaine Pratt, out of high point, had eight tackles, five solo. Sam Hubert, Hubbard, excuse me, had uh, eight tackles and five solo, two tackles for loss. Fine Bill gave them seven tackles, five solo, one tackle for loss. The man that everybody loves to pick on, Eli Apple, had five tackles and three solo tackles. You know, he had the task of trying to stay with Cooper Cup, and we know that is a very good, very difficult uh, job. And so Cooper Cup had his way, as you would expect. But, um, yeah, like I said, very, very competitive Super Bowl. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was rooting for the Rams, you know, because I wanted to see OBJ and Sam Darnold in particular. Uh, Sam Darnold, excuse me. Matt Stafford. I don't know what I'm thinking about Sam Darnold. I wanted to see Matt Stafford win um, a Super Bowl. Like I said, OBJ, uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah, so I was glad they got a win. Um, Now let's talk a little bit about this halftime show. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige. That Super Bowl performance was amazing. You know, when you talk about how much money was put into it, you know, from the visuals, the display, uh, it was just it was just amazing, man. It really was. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought that it was obviously too short. I wish that it could have been. I wish that it could have been longer, uh, but I thought that everybody did a great job of, you know, bringing their own energy to the performance and, and uh, you know, being themselves. So it was a, it was a great halftime show. Uh, looking forward to seeing who they get next year, um, you know, to build on this year's performance. Now let's transfer and talk a little bit about uh, the NBA. Some of the news that we have over this last week or so, uh, Lakers power forward slash center Anthony Davis did get hurt again. Um, He has a foot sprain and will be sidelined for a minimum of four weeks. Uh, So probably at the the four-week mark, he will be – evaluated again to see, you know, if he can start trying to ramp up and get on the court or does he need to continue to sit out. So it's just unfortunate, man, how often Anthony Davis seems to get hurt. Uh, So, you know, some players just have that tendency to get hurt. I mean, it just, like, injuries just find them. Um, So it's it's a very devastating injury for the Lakers, you know, as they're already struggling. Uh, They're in the – what, nine seed, I believe, right now, you know, trying to get an eight seed or seven seed. And, uh, you know, now you have your second best player out again due to injury. So uh, that's, a, that's a rough blow for real. Um, now, Luka Doncic has been on a tear. 
Luka Doncic has scored 45-plus points in three of the last four games for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, he's averaging 36 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, and nine assists per game in eight games in the month of February. So Luka Doncic has been playing amazing basketball. Uh, it looks like he may be in a little bit better shape than he came into the season in. Uh, yeah, Luka. He's putting him on his back, and he's really playing well. Also, taking it to the East, DeMar DeRozan, playing amazing basketball. He's averaging 36 points per game, six rebounds per game, and six assists per game in the last 10. And the Bulls in that those 10 games have a record of 7-3. and three, You know, so his uh, impact and his production is also leading to, leading to winning. LeBron James, Mr. Year 19, has now scored 25-plus points in 23 straight games. Uh, you know, he's still amazing. He's still phenomenal. Um, but he needs, you know, the pieces around him to help him out. You know, Anthony Davis, like one thing I've said about him is, even when he's been healthy this year, for the most part, he has not looked like the top five talent that we know him to be. And the one major problem with Anthony Davis is like his, his uh, jump shot, his three-point shot, and even his mid-range has kind of betrayed him. Anthony Davis used to be a, a decent three-point shooter, you know, not very good or great, but he could, you know, make at least like 33% of his threes and be a threat. Uh, but now he can't even make threes at all, and it's rare when you see him make a three. And then his mid-range game used to be his bread and butter. But now it's um, he's really been struggling with that. So, like I said, even when Anthony Davis is healthy, he's not been the top five talent uh, that we know him to be. Now let's look a little bit at the uh, NBA uh, standings right now. Uh, now that we are at the NBA All-Star break. You have the uh, Miami Heat playing very well. Uh, I got a chance to attend the game last night on, uh, this is Friday the 18th of February. Uh, on Thursday 17th, they played the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte. I got a chance to attend that game. I enjoyed it. Uh, but the Miami Heat, like I said, they're playing great basketball. Uh, they're a number one seed in the Eastern Conference with a record of 38-21. and 21. Uh, then you have the Chicago Bulls at number two um, with the same record, 38 and 21. The Philadelphia 76ers are the three seed right now with a record of 35 and 23. The Cleveland Cavaliers are the four seed right now with a record of 35 and 23. The Milwaukee Bucks are the five seed with a record of 36 and 24. The Boston Celtics are the sixth seed with a record of 34 and 26. And the Toronto Raptors are the seventh seed with a record of 32 and 25. The Brooklyn Nets are the eighth seed with a record of 31 and 28. The Charlotte Hornets, who are really struggling, I think they are now one and nine in their last 10 games are 29 and 31, like I said, and they are the nine seed in the East. 
And the Atlanta Hawks are the number 10 seed in the East with a record of 28 and 30. Then when you look at the uh, Western Conference, you have the Phoenix Suns who are playing amazing basketball, uh, 48 and 10 for the number one seed. They are nine and ten in their last ten games. Uh, nine and one in their last ten games. Excuse me. Uh, you have the Golden State Warriors, number two in the West, forty-two and seventy, forty-two and seventeen record. You have the Memphis Grizzlies, number three in the West, with a forty-one and nineteen record. The Utah Jazz are number four, with thirty-six and twenty-two record. The Dallas Mavericks are thirty-five and twenty-four for the number five seed. The Denver Nuggets are the sixth seed with a record of 33-25. and 25. The Minnesota Timberwolves are the number seven seed with a record of 31-28. and 28. The LA Clippers are the number eight seed with a record of 30-31. and 31. The Los Angeles Lakers are the number nine seed with a record of 27-31. And the number 10 seed in the Western Conference currently are the Portland Trailblazers with a record of 25 and 34. So right there is your uh, NBA standings at the All-Star break. Uh, we know the All-Star weekend will take place tonight, Saturday, and Sunday. And then next week, end of the week, you'll have the NBA return. Now, let's now jump into this new segment going to be called Rough Rant. And uh, I'll basically just be talking about something that I'm really passionate about uh, that's really rubbing me maybe the wrong way or, you know, something I just really want to kind of talk about. And so for this week's rant, I got to jump into the NFL and the lack of minority coaches. It is a, a crying shame. It is a disgrace that a league of that many uh, minority players would refuse to give African-Americans especially uh, head coaching jobs. So one thing that I wanted to look at was the fact that Jim Caldwell was the uh, used to be the Detroit Lions coach. Jim Caldwell was 36 and 28 in four seasons with the Lions. He was nine and seven in each of his last two seasons. You know, so 9-7 and is not a great record, but it's not a bad record by any means, especially when you're talking about a team like the Detroit Lions. That franchise does not have great players all over, you know, the field. So Jim Caldwell was doing a good job with that ball club. Yeah, he was fired. Uh, And then they decided to bring in Matt Patricia, who hadn't proven anything. Uh, he was six and ten in his first season with the team in 2018. Then he was three and twelve in 2019, and four and seven in 2020, and then he was fired. But my thing is, why does black coaches, African Americans, have such a short shelf leash? You know, if they don't come out firing, I'm talking about ten wins in your first season, it's like you can expect to be fired pretty soon after. And I don't understand it. They don't get second chances. You know, they have to beg to get another opportunity. 
You have guys like Josh McDaniels who continues to get jobs, uh, but proven African-American coaches cannot get a job. I do not understand it. I do not agree with it, and it needs to change. Then you have another example of this when you talk about the Brian Flores situation, uh, the former coach of the Miami Dolphins. He was fired this past year after the season, after going 10 and 6 with the team in his second year and 9 and 8 in his third year, which was this past year. Those are two winning records. How do you get fired after two winning seasons? I don't understand it. You also have coaches like Brian, uh, like Byron Leftwich. You have coaches like Raheem Morris and Eric Bieniemy, who are doing phenomenal jobs in the positions that they are in with their teams, but they're not getting these head coaching jobs. And then they come up with stuff at the interviews, like saying that basically it was something that they didn't like at the interview, but what's going to need to change as far as the NFL is? Okay, if you're saying that you didn't hire, you know, Byron Leftwich, for example, because of his interviewing, you need to be forced to dictate uh, and notate, excuse me, what you didn't like about him at the interview. Why did you choose this candidate over him? I need to see that in writing because this is ridiculous. You have so many proven and capable African-American coaches who cannot get that head coaching job. I need to see it change very soon. Uh, And that's the bottom line on that. Now, the last thing we're going to discuss on today's podcast is NBA All-Star Weekend. Again, the dates are tonight, uh, Friday, February 18th, Saturday, February 19th, and Sunday, February 20th. It's taking place in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, you all know how, how many events they have from the Celebrity Game to the Rising Stars Game to the Dunk Contest, the Three Point Contest, and then the game on Sunday. And so, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this All-Star Weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing um, the All-Star Game. You know, that's always one of my favorites. Um, I think that LeBron James, it's going to be interesting to see whether he goes all out and uh, attempts to win the uh, MVP of the All-Star Game or does he kind of, you know, play five or ten minutes and then just sit on the bench, you know, as an older player and a player that has been dealing with injuries, that will probably be the wiser thing to do. But you know that they always try to get the person that's playing at home, in their hometown, the MVP. And so I could see LeBron playing 25, 30 minutes and trying to push for the MVP. Again, I appreciate everybody for tuning in to this edition of Time I Sports the Podcast. It's your host, C. Ruff. Uh, make sure that you all are following us on social media. Uh, the Timeout Sports Twitter page can be found at Timeout Sports 3. Again, it's Timeout Sports 3, and sports is all caps. Uh, the Twitter page, the Instagram page is uh, Timeout Sports with two underscores. And then also follow the, my WNBA Fits page, WNBA League Fits page that I run, um, highlighting the fashion of the ladies in the WNBA. Uh, follow their Twitter at Fitz underscore WNBA. And then the Instagram is WNBA League Fitz. 
Again, thank you all for tuning in to this edition of Time Out Sports, the podcast. Uh, make sure to stay positive despite your situation. And uh, we'll talk soon for another episode.